Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today with millions of Americans having started earlier than ever on their Christmas shopping this year, it's easier than ever to fall into the trap of overspending. We'll tell you how to stay on budget before it's too late. Also this morning, Tiger King became a pandemic obsession for millions of Netflix viewers, but what ultimately happened to the animals featured in the series? Finley High School coach Jim Rookie analyzes last week's start to the basketball season, looks ahead to the Trojans Conference opener at Lima Senior tonight, and we have more great recipes from Kyra's Kitchen for your holiday gatherings. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, December 3rd, 2021. Today is the International Day of Persons with Disabilities. Also, it is Let's Hug Day. Let's Hug Day. Hug someone with a disability today. Uh, Make a gift day. Not just give a gift day, but make a gift day. Have you ever done that? Have you ever uh, given homemade gifts for Christmas? Uh, We have done that, uh, my wife and I. Especially when we're much younger when we were first married, we had absolutely no money. We just did uh, homemade gifts for for people. My wife is very crafty, so uh, it was uh, kind of a labor of love. But uh, in any event, make a gift day today. National Apple Pie Day. It is National Roof Over Your Head Day. If there is a reason to celebrate, that would be it. We have a roof over our head. And I saw this. It is National Green Bean Casserole Day today. And I'm thinking they missed it by a week. And that's, that, should have been, that should have been last week, I think. So the big story of the day is that Congress has reached a deal on a stopgap funding bill to avert a government shutdown that would have happened, what, today or over the weekend or on Monday uh, whatever, um, the, there was a government shutdown looming, uh, and Congress, after some hand-wringing, uh, came together on a deal to provide funding through February 18th to keep the government operational, through February 18th, which means, of course, that we now know what the big story will be on February 17th. <laughs> We know what the story... It's hard sometimes to predict the future, but not so much in this case. If the government funding bill runs through February 18th, we know what the story will be on the 17th. That is one thing. It's like death and taxes. You know what we're going to be talking about on the 17th. The uh, other big story that I saw on the uh, Newswire this morning, um, and it was just a matter of time before this happened... Public employees in the state of Nevada are going to be slapped with a health insurance surcharge of up to $55 a month if they refuse to get the COVID-19 vaccine. This is in Nevada. Uh, The plan has just been approved by the Nevada Public Employees Benefit Program Board, the first state to impose such a plan. Exceptions, it says, will be made for those with a legitimate health uh, issue or a religious objection, although how they would prove that, I don't know. But unless you get an exemption, they're going to charge you up to $55 a month more for your health insurance if you uh, refuse to receive a vaccine. So you knew that was going to happen. And the, uh, 
Uh, the Affordable Care Act actually does allow that uh, for certain health issues for insurers to charge people extra, depending like they use tobacco or you know things like that. And by extension, they're applying that to COVID nineteen. And there have been talk that someone was going to do this, and it turns out Nevada is the first state uh, to do that. Uh, A couple of other uh, interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your uh, Friday morning started. After years of relative calm in America's big cities, crime is on the rise again. New York City recorded a 15% increase in felony assaults in the month of November compared with last year, according to the New York Post. It reports... Uh, Wall Street executives are warning their staffers to dress down for work to avoid uh, catching the attention of would-be muggers. I don't know, again, from this data, it's 15% rise in violent crime in New York City uh, this year over last, but I don't know if that necessarily means that crime overall is on the rise. You remember last year, uh, with pandemic lockdowns and so on, crime went down. Uh, because there was just weren't as many people out and about to rob. And uh, so I don't know if this is a return to pre-pandemic numbers in this case, or if crime is indeed up. Well, I guess it would be up over last year, no question, but I don't know whether that's just a return to quote-unquote normal in New York City. Oh, muggings are back. Everything's back to normal, you know. So a couple of other uh, items that I saw on the uh, Newswire this morning I thought was uh, kind of interesting. Uh, You got to wonder what took them so long to come up with this idea. Elon Musk's uh, car company, electric car company, Tesla, has quietly unveiled its latest product. It is an all-electric ATV for kids. It's like a uh, a Tesla Power Wheels. You know, did your kids ever have one of those when they were, when they were, we had a, for our kids, when they were younger, we got them for Christmas one year, the Power Wheels Jeep, you know, those electric powered little kids vehicles. Uh, and the kids love those. I know my granddaughter has one. And uh, I, you wonder what took Tesla so long to come up with the idea, hey, electric cars for kids. We do electric cars. Why not? Um, it is called the Cyber Quad. It is a futuristic-looking ATV. Um, It says it's inspired by the iconic Cybertruck design from Tesla. Uh, Four-wheel ATV features a full steel frame, cushioned seat, and adjustable suspension with rear disc braking and LED light bars. So just like everything else else with Tesla, it is completely over the top here. Uh, List price, $1,900. What do the uh, Power Wheels things run? About uh, $299? <laughs> this is $1,900 to get your kids an all-electric ATV. Uh, you can order it now on the Tesla website, although they warn that it might not be delivered in time for Christmas. Uh, shipping is about two to four weeks out, so don't count on it for Christmas. And uh, they also uh, say that some assembly is required. <laughs> uh, the machine is powered by a lithium-ion battery, provides up to 15 miles of range, and be, can be set to a configurable top speed of 10 miles an hour. But 
you're going to have to put it together yourself. For $1,900, they can't assemble it. They got to ship it in a box and you got to put it together yourself, I guess. By the way, speaking of Christmas, this is kind of interesting. Um, I don't know if you have uh, thought about this. If you've been decorating your house, uh, hanging up the lights and trimming the tree and all of that. What happens when you come across a strand of lights that just no longer works? It can be incredibly frustrating to have that happen, but it's happened to all of us. And, you know, you just can't you can't just throw them out anymore. If you have older strings of lights that can contain compact fluorescent light bulbs, CFLs, you have to be careful because uh, they have mercury in them and it could release that into the environment. And so you cannot just toss them out. Uh, if you have old working lights, you could, of course, donating uh, donate them to a thrift store or like Goodwill or something. Uh, but if you have lights that no longer work, you can take them to... Lowe's, Ace Hardware, uh, Home Depot, and uh, they can recycle them. Uh, the EPA suggests contacting your local recycling service as well to see if it is accepting non-working Christmas lights. And if you have no other way to dispose of them, you could mail them to Christmas Light Source, which will give you 10% off your next order of string lights to replace them. So, as you are... Decorating for the holidays, something to uh, keep in mind. If you have older strands of lights that use fluorescent light bulbs, can't just toss them in the trash if they no longer work. Uh, and here is maybe the best news of the day. Uh, we begin each program with the most interesting, buzzworthy, and most important stories to start your day. And this may be the most important of all. Burger King today in honor of the birthday of the Whopper, is selling the sandwich for 37 cents. You can get a 37-cent Whopper at Burger King today and tomorrow in honor of the anniversary of the Whopper. That is the price of the Whopper when it made its debut in 1957. So today and tomorrow. Now, to claim the deal, you have to... Join. You have to uh, download their mobile app, uh, the uh, BK mobile app, or log on to their website, bk.com, and join the Royal Perks members program. And, uh, yeah, I think it's their frequent customer program. I don't know that it costs anything, but you have to register for their program, and you can get the 37-cent Whopper uh, on their app or online for Royal Perks members exclusively. So, for a... 37 cent Whopper today and tomorrow. So big news. <laughs> now, now, you know, we want to make sure that you're up to speed on all of the important stuff to start off your Friday morning. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast, mostly cloudy today with a high of 41, partly cloudy tonight, a low of 32 Hancock County Health Commissioner Kareem Baruti says while we don't know much about the Omicron variant of the coronavirus yet, we need to be prepared. Vaccination is the best strategy, the first layer, then layer it with a mask, avoid crowds. He says it's unclear how Omicron will manifest itself as far as serious illness is concerned, but he believes the immunity the current vaccines have given people will not be totally erased by the new variant. Get more of our conversation with the health commissioner on our website. 
The organization representing Ohio's hospitals says that vaccinations and boosters are the best way to maintain medical services for all as they struggle to maintain enough staff to care for patients. According to the Ohio Hospital Association, one in four patients in Ohio's intensive care unit is there because of COVID complications. John Palmer, the spokesman for the Ohio Hospital Association, says that strain on hospitals means you could start to see some changes again. Visitation policies will be reinstituted. You can see services being impacted with surgeries being rescheduled or being delayed. He also says that the number of daily increases we're now seeing are not manageable if the trend continues. That's ONN's Lindsay Mills reporting. Get more on our website. The Hancock County Sheriff's Office says it's been receiving calls from the public about another grand jury scam that has popped up. The Sheriff's Office says several community members have received calls about not showing up to grand jury after signing for the certified letter saying they would appear. The scammer states that since they did not show up for grand jury, they would need to report to the sheriff's office and post a bond of $2,700 in cash. The caller then advises that if the bond is not posted, an arrest warrant would be issued for their arrest. The Hancock County Sheriff's Office reminds everyone to be aware that this type of call is a scam and to never give out any personal information over the phone. Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud received a trio of awards this week. Stroud has been named the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year, the Quarterback of the Year, and Freshman of the Year. He becomes the first Big Ten player ever to win all three awards in the same year. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Of course, the narrative on holiday shopping this year is that many people started earlier than ever, in some cases all the way back in October, leading to a slight decline in Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales. But millions of Americans still have more shopping yet to do. So joining us this morning is Mary Hines Drosch, Bank of America Head of Consumer and Small Business Products. And Mary, the danger here, I think, is that by spreading it out, it is real easy to overspend without realizing it. Sort of the same effect of putting the lobster in the water and gradually turning up the heat. You don't realize just how much you've blown up your budget until it's too late. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, 65% of Americans started planning for this year's holiday season in October, according to a recent Bank of America study. So that's a lot of time to come up with things that you might not necessarily need to buy. So it's really important that you make a list of all your holiday needs and stick to it, putting an amount you want to spend against each item. And what I often forget are the little things that really add up. Wrapping paper, tape, decorations, holiday meals. So put it all on that list and try to stick to it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. The the other thing that contributed, I know I'm guilty of this, is uh, failing to account for uh, all of the holiday needs when uh, thinking about the budget. We, we think about the gifts, but there are so many other things that we also have to account for. Absolutely. I mean, it's such an, uh, it's the most expensive season of the year. And it's easy for you to get way outside of your budget expectations. So what advice do you have for those who obviously want to you know, stay on budget or get back on budget before it is too late and at the same time make the most of the shopping season? Well, there's always opportunity to figure out ways to make your budget go further. So look for those deals. And when you're shopping online, as an example, there are many browser plugins that help can, can help you identify coupon codes. 
it's also very easy to comparison shop online. So before you make that purchase and go into checkout, do a search to see if you could find it somewhere else at a lower price. I also always use my rewards card when I'm making purchases online. I have a Bank of America customized cash rewards card where I get 3% in a category of my choosing. And right now I have it set to online spending. And that 3% really helps my budget go further. Yeah, no question. And you talk about those uh, comparison shopping. I, I have found from experience that sometimes even it, within the same retailer, the online price and the in-store price may differ. So uh, you know, before you pick it up off the shelf, uh, just a quick double check to make sure that maybe you can't get it uh, cheaper somewhere else, even from the same retailer, uh, just by shopping on the app uh, instead. Yeah, that's a great example. One of the things I I found is if you've never shopped at that retailer before, you get a first time purchase discount by mm. giving them your email. Yeah. So why not do that? Right. And you can always opt out later. Some good. So the bottom line is we want to make sure that we uh, help folks reduce some of the, the stress. Uh, because obviously, if you don't know how much, if you lose track of how much you've spent or you uh, know that you've overspent, uh, that can be just one more thing adding to the holiday stress this season. Right. There's, you know, there's so many things that can give you stress in the holiday season. One, are you sticking to your budget? One tip there is set up spending alerts in your banking app. They can help let, notify you if you're going beyond where you expected to. Also, make sure you're planning your purchases so you're not waiting to the last minute. Create a lot of anxiety if you're waiting till the day before your holiday to do the vast majority of your purchases. So spread it out. Yeah. Allocate 30 minutes at night on online. Go shop locally during your lunch hour. This can really help uh, reduce anxiety. Uh, and talk about anxiety and waiting till the last minute. That, of course, the, the main reason why people have started earlier than ever this year, many people have, uh, is because of concerns over shipping delays, supply chain issues, and, and so on. Are, are there strategies that folks can use to make sure that they don't have that stress uh, this season? Absolutely. I mean, that definitely is top of mind with many consumers. And what I have found is that many retailers are very well aware of that concern and are committing to delivery dates on their site. So if you're making a purchase and there's not a guarantee date for delivery, mm. you may not want to make it because that those shipping delays are real. And then in addition... Another alternative is to avoid that stress is go shop in your local communities. That way you have your gift in hand and don't have to worry about whether or not it will get caught up in the supply chain challenges. And of course, you know, a great way to uh, support local businesses, especially small businesses as well. So uh, a big plus there. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to share. I, I ran into this issue last year and not only are, do you not get your gift in time, you often have to then go buy a replacement gift. Oh, yeah. So you go outside your budget. Yeah. And so that's a little watch out for both of those. Uh, again, uh, with us is uh, Mary Hines Drosch, uh, Bank of America Head of Consumer and Small Business Products. Any other uh, last uh, tips for saving money uh, while uh, going through the holiday season this year that we can share? Just always look for the deals that you can get, you be smart about how you pay, use your rewards product and then layer on rewards. So many retailers have their own loyalty programs 
many of which are free to join and enroll in them and take advantage because all of those small discounts add up big when it comes to offsetting your holiday purchases. A good point. They may seem small on the surface, but you take them uh, together and it can make a a big difference. Again, Mary Hines-Drosch, Bank of America with us this morning. Mary, thanks very much. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. It's not every day that a zookeeper went to prison for murder for hire. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Joe Exotic, and this is Sarge. Well, during the pandemic, of course, the documentary series Tiger King became a global sensation. And now with the second season available for streaming, the folks at PETA want fans to look beyond the mystery and the personal conflict and the business backstabbing of the storylines and see the animals that are at the heart of it all. Brittany Pete is Deputy General Counsel of PETA Foundation's Captive Animal Law Enforcement Division, joining us this morning. And Brittany, obviously, this wasn't the reason why the series was created, but what has been the effect of the popularity of Tiger King in bringing to light the animal issues that PETA and others have been concerned with all along? Well, since the first season of Tiger King aired, uh, nearly every Tiger King villain is either in prison, out of business, or facing lawsuits or charges. And Tiger King exposed the cruel practices of the big cat cub petting industry, and PETA was able to run with that. We used every opportunity that we could to publicize uh, cubs languishing in mud and, and having their ears eaten away by flies at Jeff Lowe's roadside zoo, and social media influencers posing with adult big cats at, at Doc Antles. And now that season two is here, PETA is ready yet again to take advantage of the buzz and to use that to drive the nail into the coffin of the cub petting industry for good. So for those who maybe have watched the series and not really thought about it on those terms, talk about the the uh, ripple effects, what you see is the harmful ripple effect of this industry and what happens to these animals. Yeah, so because of the big cat cub petting industry, there is a massive big cat overpopulation crisis in the U.S because these cubs can only be used for three or four months before they're too big and dangerous to, to be around the public. But these animals can live for more than 20 years, um, and they want to have, the exhibitors want to have a constant supply of these cubs because these encounters are very lucrative. Um, and there's a cycle of cruelty that takes place in this industry from the moment an infant is stolen from their mother, usually um, just after they're born, until they die in a cage at a roadside zoo. And that's why PETA vowed years ago to put a stop to this industry. And we're almost there. We've secured legal precedent, um, finding that it's a violation of the Federal Endangered Species Act to prematurely separate big cat cubs from their mothers and use them in public encounters. So we're making great progress. And again, just to underscore and emphasize what you said, these are endangered species. So let's not forget that as well. So as you mentioned, uh, you know, the the principal characters in the Tiger King series that everybody is familiar with who's watched the show uh, are all either in jail, out of business, what have you. What happens to the animals that they leave behind? Well, Peter, Where are they now? Yeah, PETA has rescued 75 big cats in just just the past few years, most of whom um, were rescued from Tiger King villains. Um, We rescued 39 big cats from Joe Exotic's roadside zoo. 
um, 23 from Tim Stark, who people will uh, will get to know better in season two. Um, and we've rescued big cats from Jeff Lowe as well. And um, these cats are transferred to uh, wildlife sanctuaries, um, including the Wild Animal Sanctuary in Kenisburg, Colorado, which people will see in Tiger King season two, and Turpentine Creek Wildlife Refuge in Eureka Springs. Um, these are wonderful sanctuaries where big cats are provided with spacious habitat. Um, they're able to run often for the first time in their lives because they're they're confined in these cramped roadside zoo cages um, where they can only take a few steps in either direction. Um, and so we're seeing these big cats finally thriving now because um, they've been transferred to sanctuary. Now, as you mentioned, uh, with the debut of the second season of Tiger King, you are seizing on the opportunity to uh, to to further that fight uh, against these uh, petting zoos, roadside zoos, and and so on. What is next? Uh, what is going to happen next in that fight for you? Well, the USDA needs to step up. For decades, it has stood by and allowed this cruelty to happen, despite PETA um, submitting volumes of evidence to the agency about the cruelty of this industry. Now we've established that this conduct violates the Endangered Species Act. The Department of Justice has built on the foundation that PETA set in, in our Endangered Species Act case against Tim Stark and Wildlife in Need um, and has relied on that precedent in its own lawsuit against Jeff Lowe. So we need the USDA to step up and end this industry now. There are only two exhibitors left that are doing it. One of them is Doc Antle, who was featured in the first season of Tiger King, um, the other is Mario Tabrawi, who was also featured. Um, the USDA has, has stood aside and let these two exhibitors get away with virtually anything they want uh, for the past few years. And it's time for the USDA to stop the preferential treatment and to end this industry now. And beyond, uh, and beyond just the principles uh, and the individuals you're talking about, how can you be sure that there won't be someone uh, else who will step up and fill the void? Well, if they do, we will be there to, to take them out, to use the federal precedent that we have established um, to, to put them out of business as well. Um, one of the, the important things that we, that we need everyone to do um, is to call on your federal legislators to support the Big Cat Public Safety Act. That's legislation that is pending in Congress right now. Um, that would prohibit the private ownership of big cats. So your neighbor would, wouldn't be able to have a, a tiger in a cage in his backyard, which mm. is something that's legal in many places in the United States right now. But it would also prohibit public contact with big cats. So passing this legislation would, would make it a crime to engage in, in this activity. Um, and so anyone can go to PETA.org and find a form that will take you right to your federal legislators and, and let you send them an email um, calling on them to support this critical legislation. Again, Brittany Pete is Deputy General Counsel of the PETA Foundation's Captive Animal Law Enforcement Division. Brittany, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Chris. Really appreciate it. Before we get to our high school basketball preview for this weekend, 
the Trojans in their conference opener at Lima Senior tonight. Let's wish the best of luck to the Cary Blue Devils, who tomorrow will be playing for a state football championship at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton. It's Tall Order, Cary going up against Coldwater, the perennial powerhouse in the Division Six Championship. That will be tomorrow at 3 p.m. So best of luck to the Cary Blue Devils tomorrow. As the football season comes to a close, we turn our attention to the hardwood. And last week, the Trojans got the season off to a pretty good start with a win over Defiance. Tonight, as we mentioned, the conference opener against Lima Senior on Wednesday on the Coach's Corner. Our John Marshall spoke with head coach Jim Rookie about the makeup of this year's team. Well, we have eight seniors uh, this year. We have uh, you know Max Roth is a returning all-league player. Uh, Justin Roth, Brock McCrancy, uh, who scored about eight points a game last year. Terrion Ross, who, who played lettered last year as a junior. Uh, Sam Wyrow, uh, who, who lettered last year also and uh, brings a lot of toughness to, for our team. Caleb Mueller played JV last year, but's done a good job been in the starting lineup for us uh, so far this year. Blaine Ritzler who unfortunately broke his wrist uh, maybe second or third practice of the year. He's been out. And then Razik Crutcher, who played football, big lineman, came out, and we kept him on the team this year. He uh, does a good job uh, for us so far in practice, you know, helping our big guys. Several of your players had some significant roles on the football team that made a nice run in the playoffs. Going into last Friday's opener, were you concerned that they didn't have their basketball legs under them yet? Yeah. You know, we only practiced, you know, with our full team maybe four or five times, probably four times with a couple of scrimmages. So, uh, we, you know, five of our top eight played football. Several of those seniors did. And then uh, our two juniors, uh, Luke Montgomery is a junior, and Jake Bishop and Luke obviously played also. So we're still we're still a little behind. We're trying to catch up and do the best we can. And luckily, uh, you know, they've all those guys that that played football uh, all have varsity experience. So the learning curve isn't as big. You know, they they kind of know what we're doing, what we're trying to get done. It's just a matter of maybe just fine tuning some skills, getting in shape, and. And uh, you know, that, that still takes a little while. Didn't seem to be an issue for you on uh, the 84-61 win at home against Defiance last Friday. And not just that, but you tied a record, a school record for made three-pointers and hot from the field wherever it went up from. You know, we shot really well. So did they. They, they only missed five or six shots, I think, in the first half. I, I think... Uh, you know, the difference was that we, we forced a couple turnovers. We didn't have any turnovers in the first half. So we had, you know, you're shooting you know, you're shooting a high percentage on twenty five possessions and the other team is shooting a high percentage but maybe only twenty possessions because they turned it over. You know, that that gave us a little bit of advantage there going into halftime and and then uh, you know, we continued to shoot the ball well in the second half. They didn't shoot it quite as well and uh, we still didn't turn the ball over. We only, you know, we didn't turn the ball over until there was maybe four minutes to go in the game. So, um, yeah, we we looked fairly sharp for 
for the, the, the amount of time that we had on the court and uh, Defiance is a good team. They do a really good job, and that, that was a nice that was a nice win for us. You had three of your young men put up better than 15 that night. Uh, I'm sure that that's what you'd like to see every game. Is that a realistic expectation? Yeah, I think we can be much more balanced. We have we have multiple guys that can shoot the ball from the perimeter. The last several years, we've had some really good shooters, but we've normally been limited where we have two guys. You know, and it's those two. And, uh, you know, you add a third or a fourth guy that can make, make the shot, and it, it changes everything defensively and it opens other things up. So we're hoping we'll, we'll have that consistency. Now, obviously, you can't count on that every game. That's why you've got to do the other things right. That's why you have to be solid defensively, rebounding, etc. Because there might be you know, a night or two where those shots don't go down. And this Friday night, you open up league play in the Three Rivers Athletic Conference at Lima Senior. The Spartans always seem to come to play when it comes to meeting with the Trojans. How do you view that rivalry? We don't like each other very much, <laughs> really. you know. And uh, we've had some intense battles with them. We've had some great games over the years. Since I came here, I know I'm sure it was that way way before I got here. Uh, in, the, in the 70s, it was intense and uh, um, quit playing for a while. But um, yeah, I think uh, I, I, I like to think they bring out the best in us. That you know, we're, we we step up our game a little bit. They've got some tremendous talent coming back. Great athleticism, experience. Uh, we're going to need to we're going to need to step up and meet the challenge. Do you feel like you match up well with them? Uh, we do in some ways. We don't on the glass. You know, they're 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 a great rebounding team. They they get after it and have a little more size and length uh, in that phase of the game. So we're going to have to do a really good job of keeping them off the glass. But in other ways, you know, we've got some guys that can play in the open court like they can, and and we've got some guys that can shoot the ball. So. We certainly are, are going to go in there thinking we can get the job done. It is the conference opener for the Trojans tonight at Lima Senior. Airtime right around 7.15 here on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com, and 95.5 FM. Over on our sister station, 100.5 WKXA, it's BVC action tonight. Arcadia and Arlington should be a good one. You can follow all of the action from around the area and around the region tonight and over the weekend all season long at the WFIN scoreboard page. Page, powered by ScoreStream and presented by Owens Community College. We've got the link up at our webpage at goodmornings.net. And of course, tune in to the Coach's Corner with John Marshall every Wednesday evening at 6 o'clock here on WFIN as well. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. This would be, I don't know, maybe a dream come true for some folks. In northern Denmark, an IKEA showroom became a bedroom for six customers and about two dozen employees who were stranded by a snowstorm. (laughs) I guess there are worse places to be stuck, right? Up to a foot of snow fell, trapping everyone inside the store in Alborg, When it closed Wednesday evening, they had to close the store early and people were stuck inside. They couldn't they couldn't get home because of the uh, snowstorm. 
So the uh, manager of the store, Peter Elmos, says, we we all slept in the furniture exhibits <laughs> at, at Ikea uh, right there in the uh, showroom. They just hung out there at that. Well, I guess, you know, it's they have them on display like they are, you know, would be in people's homes. So they made it their home for at least a couple of days. Uh, they said they had beds, they had mattresses, they had sofa beds, they had TVs. They just like being at home. He uh, pointed out that people could pick up the exact bed they have always wanted to try. And <laughs> I don't know how, whether it boosted sales at the uh, IKEA or not. But <laughs> elsewhere in the uh, broken news, domestically, Fresno, California. A uh, man has uh, landed in the hospital after falling down an 80-foot embankment uh, outside of a local grocery store. Officials say the man was on his phone outside of the Save Mart Center in Fresno when he walked into some bushes and tumbled down a hill. The man reportedly kept rolling until he crashed into a fence 80 feet down the embankment. Officials say the man was taken to the hospital for his injuries. They do suspect some sort of intoxicating substance may be involved. Or maybe he was just on his phone. It says he was on his phone. Maybe that's, I mean, that's all, that's all you need these days. <clears throat> Pay attention to where you're going, man. That's, uh, let's see here. Now, we've had a number of stolen vehicles in the broken news. Uh, some very unusual stolen vehicles. This one maybe takes the cake. A man who stole a $200,000 military Humvee from an Army Reserve Center in Southern California is now <laughs> headed to prison. <laughs> this is no ordinary car theft. A quarter million dollar military Humvee he stole from an Army Reserve Center pleaded guilty to theft of United States government property was sentenced on Thursday to three years behind bars. And to make things worse, he was on parole at the time of the theft in November. He uh, led police on a four-minute high-speed chase, driving the Humvee on the wrong side of the street and blowing through red lights. He eventually surrendered to police in front of a home in Pomona, east of L.A. <laughs> Running red lights was probably the least of his worries there. Not the smartest tool in the shed there. Not the smartest uh, decision. A surgeon in Austria has been fined after amputating an elderly patient's leg earlier this year, only to discover two days later that it was the wrong one. This is a report from the BBC. The mistake was identified during a routine bandage change, and the patient was told he'd still have to have his other leg amputated. The botched surgery took place back in May, but this past Wednesday, the doctor was found guilty of gross negligence, and he was fined, get this, for amputating a man's, the, the wrong leg of a patient. He was fined $3,000. Three thousand bucks. That's it. The family was also awarded sixty-six hundred dollars in damages. That's it. Wow. 
Mark Cuban is in the broken news. The uh, owner of the Dallas Fat Mavericks, one of the uh, sharks on Shark Tank. Uh, he is now now the owner of a North Texas town. He recently bought the 23-person town of Mustang, southeast of Dallas. He tells the Dallas Morning News that a friend needed to sell the town. <laughs> well, what do you do when you you know when a friend needs help when he's in a when he's a, a bind? You know, you'll help him out a little bit. Uh, sure, I'll buy your town. He said he's not sure what he'll do with it. Mustang comprises 77 acres, includes a volunteer fire department, an alligator-infested pond, and a strip club. <laughs> Mark Cuban owns the town now. Well, all right. <clears throat> and finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, if you are looking for the British man, formerly known as Thomas Dodd, be advised he now goes by the name... Celine Dion. <laughs> uh, Mr. Dodd, the former Mr. Dodd, uh, told Birmingham Live that he filed to have his name legally changed after watching a recording of a Celine, Celine Dion concert and having a few many drinks. <laughs> he, he had a few many, few too many drinks while watching the uh, Celine Dion video. And uh, he he's admits that he is slightly obsessed with Celine Dion, and he is not planning on changing his name back uh, back uh, anytime soon. He said, I'll figure it out. He did point out that he tried sing singing Celine Dion songs in the shower, and he says, I can assure everyone that I have not inherited her voice or her bank balance. <laughs> I have her name, but not much else. <laughs> There you go. Uh, that is uh, today's broken news report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Did you get a call or message that mentioned Social Security that made you feel threatened or scared? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, press you for personal information, or demand instant payment. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Don't fall for it. Hang up, ignore them. Report this criminal activity to oig.ssa.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. This message provided by WFIN. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. So, are you on Santa's naughty or nice list this year? Either way, most Americans feel that they, well, don't feel they expect to have gifts under the tree. Naughty or nice. Doesn't make any difference. <laughs> Although one quarter of Americans in a new study finds uh, one quarter of Americans believe that they belong or admit that they belong on the naughty list this holiday season. Four in five say they should be showered with gifts anyway. <laughs> This is a survey of 2,000 people looked at how Americans treat themselves during the holidays. And uh, it says three in four are likely to buy themselves a present this year. 74% say they're going to buy themselves something this year. I have to admit, I am probably on that list. I'll buy myself something. Uh, nine in ten respondents still spoil themselves with, with presents 
even when they get gifts from others. So it doesn't matter how much we get from everybody else, we're still going to do it. <laughs> we're going to still give gifts to ourselves. One in four, 26%, prefer to let others know what they want as a gift. That's always the eternal debate, right? Do you give people a list of those things that you want, or do you uh, just trust them to their own devices to get something they think you will like? 26% prefer to let others know what they want. 31% would rather the gift be a surprise. If they had the chance to choose, though, people would prefer to get electronics. 19% put that at the top of the list. Gift cards were right up there with 18% of the response. Uh, jewelry, tag 15%. Uh, this is a poll conducted by one poll. Uh, finds that 76% believe that they are the best gift giver to themselves, which may be why 69% of respondents prefer to buy their own presents. Hence, gift cards being such a big uh, wanted item. So you can buy what you want. But anyway, bottom line, one quarter, one in four, 25% of Americans admit that they belong on the naughty list this year. But it doesn't matter. We still expect gifts, and by golly, if other people won't give them to us, we'll get them ourselves. <laughs> and now, once again, my wife Kyra has joined us in the studio. It must be time for another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so, our first recipe uh, this morning is actually a uh, another Thanksgiving leftover recipe. <laughs> yeah. Technically. I keep finding them now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and by now, if you have turkey leftovers yeah. in your refrigerator, they probably should be thrown out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But if you froze some, you yeah. could, you know, oh, thaw yeah. it out and, and use uh, use that. But uh, I'm thinking it, this is not strictly Thanksgiving no, leftovers. because Christmas is coming, Christmas too, is coming. You may people do, do th turkey for Christmas. I know we've got another... Yep, turkey we've got and another turkey in the freezer. Here's the story. We've got uh, a turkey for Christmas uh, in the freezer already that we bought at Thanksgiving uh, because we bought this one yep. and then found out that there were more people coming to Thanksgiving dinner than we expected. So we bought another one, a bigger one, <laughs> a bigger one to do for Thanksgiving. And so now we've we figured, hey, it can stay another in the freezer. Yeah. Not a yeah. not a problem. They we, say it can stay up there for about a year. We've done that. So, we've yeah, done. We have done yeah. that. Uh, but yeah. anyway. So, so uh, this is technically leftover turkey chili, but you could and, and oh yeah, I mean you could do this anytime. Mm -hmm. um, you could probably do it with chicken. I mean, if you, you have could. like a rotisserie chicken or something. Okay, you yeah, could, you yeah, know, you could do that. You could do that. So uh, anyway, the turkey chili recipe, and this is really good stuff. Yes. So two tablespoons of olive oil, a half a cup of onion minced. Uh, one tablespoon of garlic minced, three cups of cooked turkey um, uh, off the bone, if it's... Uh, Obviously. If it, yeah. Uh, 40 But ounce. it can be anything, too, by the way. I mean, yeah. it could be dark meat, white meat, oh, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So whatever comes off the bone. So 40 ounces of canned crushed tomatoes, one tablespoon of pap paprika, uh, one eighth teaspoon 
uh, red pepper flakes. Omit for less spicy. If you don't want any spicy, you know, don't put them in. Okay. Uh, a half a cup of, or a half a teaspoon of pepper, two teaspoons of chili powder, a half a teaspoon of cumin, a half a teaspoon of salt, a half a teaspoon of turmeric, uh, one 15 ounce can of kidney beans, and one cup of corn. So heat your olive oil in a pan on the stove, add in your onion and your garlic, saute for two to five minutes or until slightly uh, translucent. Uh, stir all your made ingredients together in the crock pot until thoroughly mixed. Cook on low for six hours or high for four hours and then serve. So again, this is not only a, a great recipe, j- great chili recipe, yep. turkey chili recipe. It's another crock pot recipe yep. where you can put yep. that together in the morning and then when yep. you get home, it's ready to go. Yep. And again, it is one that will... Uh, fill your home with a yeah. delicious aroma yes. in the meantime. It's so, really good. It is. It is really good. And then to go along with that, you've got uh, seasoned oyster crackers. Yes. So uh, two nine-ounce packages of oyster crackers, a quarter teaspoon of dried dill weed, one one-ounce package of Hidden Valley Creamy Dill Ranch Dip Mix. Um, just the mix, the dry just mix. Just the mix, you're not, not gonna, prepared. You're not going to nope. prepare it. You're nope. just going to take the dry right. mix. Yep. A uh, half a teaspoon of garlic po- powder, a half a teaspoon of onion powder, and a quarter cup of vegetable oil. So combine your dill weed, your ranch mix, your garlic powder, your onion powder, and your vegetable oil in a large bowl. Then in a large Ziploc bag, put your oyster crackers in there, and then put, and put your... Um, uh, oil mixture in there, mm-hmm. then mix it all up, and then spread your crackers on a baking sheet. Bake for 20 minutes in a preheated 270, 275 degree oven until your crackers are golden brown. Stir a couple times during your baking and it makes up to six cups. Okay. And I did this in my electric walk because that's what I do. <laughs> that's, again, a great way. If you have a yeah. walk, you know, how many times do you point the yeah. uh, iron skillet yep. and a walk, walk. are two yes. necessities in it. Kyra's kitchen? Yes, so I have them both and I love them both. <laughs> if you want a great Christmas gift idea for someone... Yep. Get them a walk. Yeah, no, because walk. you can use that for so oh many gosh. things. Yeah. And they are not easy to find. No, they uh, aren't. Really good ones yeah. are not easy to find. You found mine on Amazon. Yeah. So, uh, so originally we got Caught our one. first walk yeah. as a wedding, uh, wedding gift. gift. Had that uh, for a long time. But then, then when it, it came to replace it, yeah, it, it, they're tough to find yep. uh, these days. You just don't find walks the way nope. you used to. Uh, but anyway, that is a, a great appliance to have in your kitchen, a little tip there. Yes. And uh, then for dessert, and again, this is a great one if you've got a holiday gathering coming up, yep. maybe an office Christmas party mm-hmm. or a family uh, party where you're being asked to bring a dessert. Yep. Try the New Orleans Praline Brownies. Yes. So just your uh, brownies are a box of your fudge brownie mix. Uh, Follow the directions. Yeah, just make the brownies. Uh, Yeah, make the brownies. Follow the directions. Uh, Add a half a cup of chopped pecans. Um, with that one, then for your frosting, it's three tablespoons of butter, one cup of packed brown sugar, a half a cup of chopped pecans toasted, and one 16-ounce container of vanilla frosting. Now, uh, when we say you're going to do the brownie mix, yeah. prepare it as directed. Right. That being said, you're not going to use a regular brownie right. Right. Uh, yeah. Pan. Pan. You're yep. going to use, at least yep. you did. I used a sheet pan. Yeah, like your uh, cookie sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Now, does that 
impact the amount of time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it doesn't us- take quite as long. Right, so, because it's not as yeah. thick. Okay. So, so heat your oven to 350 degrees, line your uh, sheet pan with uh, parchment paper or foil. If you use foil and don't use the nonstick, then grease it a little bit on the mm-hmm. bottom. Um Letting it hang and let it hang over the sides, um, so you can remove it easily from the pan for slicing. Uh, make your brownies as directed on the box. Adding your bo- your water, your eggs, and your oil. Right. Then put in your pecans and then bake as directed. Um, for the sheet pan, it took um, exactly for my oven. It took exactly twenty minutes. So I would set your timer for like fifteen minutes. Okay. Check it. And then add time Again, if you need to. Your oven may vary, Correct. but uh, you'll want to watch it uh, a lot closer yep. so that you don't burn the brownies because right. it'll t- take a little bit less time. Right. Okay. Yep. So then uh, take them out, let them completely cool uh, for about an hour. Uh, for the um, for the topping in a medium sized saucepan, roast your pecans with one tablespoon of butter. Uh, then once your pecans are roasted um then add the rest of the butter and the brown sugar and uh, mix that up then remove it from the heat add your frosting let it cool for about five minutes and then spread over your cold pan of brownies let it stand because it's gonna the frosting is gonna be a little runny so let it stand for about 45 minutes and then cut it and you're good to go okay and again here's the reason why you're making this in the nine by 13 sheet pan rather than yep the your your standard brownie pan is because when you add the topping Mm -hmm. they're about the right thickness yeah otherwise they'd be really really thick yeah which yeah. I suppose you could do, oh, yeah. but uh, could. they'd just be real thick. Yeah, they're going to you know, be thicker. Yeah, with yep. the uh, uh, topping on top of your brownies. Yep. So just to make a, make the brownies a little bit thinner, mm-hmm. they'll be the right depth. Yes, and they're <laughs> really good, and they're oh, they they're are delicious. really good, and they're but they're a little bit rich. But they are very really rich. Good. They are so very you can, rich. You can cut them in smaller slices, and people will get a good. Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> especially that's a good if we're taking it to a gathering. Uh, and especially for the kids, if you don't yes. want them uh, hyped up on sugar, oh, yeah. you're going to want to cut those a little bit smaller. Good luck they are on very that rich, one. but they are it's Christmas. <laughs> very, very good. I can yep. uh, I can attest to that. <laughs> Add a few of those. So there you go. The uh, recipes for the turkey chili, the seasoned oyster crackers, and the Narlin's praline brownies. And we have those recipes posted on our Facebook page, the WFIN Facebook page, also linked up at goodmornings.net. You can check them there. Recipes this morning from Kyra's Kitchen. My wife, Kyra, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will wrap up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program, of course. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. Go to goodmornings.net. Also, you can connect with us on social media, sign up for a daily email newsletter, and more. Goodmornings.net is our little corner of the World Wide Web, so check that out online. Until Monday morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. And now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.